Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks, where kindred souls gather together to share intel swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot known locally as the February Room is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite development fly rods and accessories. 40 years of Kiwi ingenuity and graphite technology now available at cd-fishing.us or your local CD USA dealer. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to go fishing. Here's your host, the Carnops, and this is the February Room. She's back, folks. She's tanned. She's bruised. Badly, <laughs> badly bruised. But she's back, and she made it back from Baja. I am joined today by our co-host, our producer, our one and only Lauren Carnop. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you say bruise because when I had to go to the grocery store, I'm like, I'm just going to wear shorts and a t-shirt because I had to go to the grocery store. And I passed this woman and she looked at me because I had so many bruises on my arms and on my legs. And I'm sure she was like, oh my gosh, this poor woman. Like she could not stop staring at me. And, you know, the reason why I got those bruises is because of the boat. And the main reason is because every time we had to go pee, there wasn't a ladder. We had to jump in and... They didn't have a bucket for you. They didn't have a bucket for us. So we would hop in the water and then quickly pull ourselves up. But with the waves hitting, you just, yeah, it was a lot of... <laughs> Did they not get a lot of ladies? They, You know, that's funny that you say that because Ramon, our fishing guide, had been a guide, has been guiding for 35 years. And this is his first all ladies fly fishing trip how's that possible he's just never seen all ladies come out here and also where where we stayed they've never had an all girls 
um, group. And But what was really cool, we went with our fishing guides were a father and son. And we were oh, rooster that, fishing. That is cool. Yeah. So it was kind of like we were all family out there in those waters. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, did your Spanish come in handy? Absolutely. So, you know, preparing for this trip, I went to Missoula's Adult Learning Center and took sp- the Spanish course for three months. And I listened to Spanish podcast every day for 30 minutes. And I took tests uh, for five minutes a day. And I think I did really good. Actually, one guy did come up to me and said that my Spanish was better than his English. So I feel like that was a win. <laughs> Could he even speak English? Or? I mean, not well. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's very subjective. Very subjective backhand. Could have been a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. I mean, when I talked to Your him. Your Spanish is pretty good. Like yeah. you took it for Four years in high school, right? I mean... Four years in high school and then, yeah, three years in college. Yeah. Like, I've been to Mexico with you and after a few days, you're pretty damn fluent. Oh, yeah. Seems to me anyway. And, and if I have a couple of beers, I'm really fluent. Yeah. I that can always, really my throw port- it. That I improves really my Portuguese. <laughs> I, I speak Portuguese after a six pack. Um, <laughs> well, the trip... Looked amazing, sounded amazing. Um, you know, you really went to extra lengths to prepare yourself for this trip. And I've got to believe that that um, played a big role in your success in the catching, the successful catching of two rooster fish, right? Yeah. You know, I think what prepared me was casting every day, but being my first time ever saltwater fishing. Nothing can ever prepare for you the moment that you see those fish. It The rooster, the conditions where we were fishing, the water was really cold for them. Not for me. I mean, I jumped in there and peed, so everything was fine for me. It didn't feel cold. But rooster fish really like it when the water is really warm because when they come up to eat the bait fish, um, they like it that the water's a little bit warmer. So they'll stay up there a little bit longer but before they dive back down. Mm. But because the water was completely pretty cool all around, the rooster fish would come up. And the way that the, the technique for catching rooster, the guides would have a bucket of like sardines and they'd throw out a few just to get the roosters to come out and move. And as soon as they throw out those sardines, you have to cast. So not only do you have to be technically a good caster, you do have to have a lot of luck on your side that those roosters have decided to eye your your fly before the other ones. So you have to mimic really fast. And so, yeah, the very beginning when I was on the on that bow of the boat, um, Ramon Sr. takes a couple of, of bait fish, throws it in the ocean, and I didn't even have my fly off of my fly rod. You know, it was still kind of hooked onto the fly rod and the eyelet. And I go, oh, my gosh, they're here. And he goes, the fish will wait for you. And I realized That's not now, a Mexican accent. <laughs> I know. I Whatever. It's bad. The fish, <laughs> the fish will wait for you. I oh, God, Justin, stop it. Stop it. But anyways, no, the fish do not wait for you. I, I realized real quickly that Ramon Sr. had it. It was very funny. And um, it just happened so quickly. It happened so quickly, and it's a big waiting game um, with those roosters. So, you know, I the first day didn't catch a rooster. Second day didn't catch a rooster. Was it the third day? 
that I caught the rooster? Yeah, I think so. Yep, that was day three. Yeah, that's the day I got the photograph. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Or was it day four? It was. It was day four. Yeah, so I caught it on... Thursday. Thursday. Day four. And can you relate to this when you've been fishing for a really long time? And I have positive energy. Every time I went on in that boat, I was like, I'm not going to be getting myself too yeah, bombed you out. Always, you always bring the vibe. So I'm like, okay. But like, I'm not going to lie. There was like a moment where I was laying in bed and I was trying to be like, I'm getting a little bit bummed that this hasn't connected for me yet because it happens so quickly. And you don't have that many opportunities to catch roosters. It's not like you go to the ocean and there's just, I don't know, roosters. Have you experienced that before where you're kind of like getting to the end of the end of your trip and you've like, okay, you've committed to this for three months and it's not happening for you. And you kind of are getting a little bit down, but you're kind of like, don't be down. You still have some time, but you're like, what if I don't catch one? That's going to feel not great. Well, you know, every time that I've gone permit fishing, yeah, I've experienced that. Yeah. And you know how you cure that, right? Uh-uh. Booze. <laughs> That's probably the worst way, though, to go the next day it and fish. It is the worst way. It is the worst way to deal with it. And then you're totally not in the game at that one second that you get your opportunity you're where shaky. it pans out. You're shaky. You're not well rested. This saltwater fishing is like an athletic event. Yes. Like you need to show up with your A game. Like you need to be hydrated. You need to be well fed. You have to be mentally prepared and you have to have all the muscle memory intact to make those quick reactions like you're speaking of where boom, all of a sudden the roosters show up. You got 30 seconds to catch one for the day. Yes. So it really comes down to one or two casts and that's you either make it happen or you don't. And that all that preparation that you did ahead of time came into play and you were ready when the moment presented itself. Sure, you missed some fish the first few days. I'm certain you did, right? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, because I was my what do you talk about muscle memory. It was really hard for me not want to hook set as a trout. And uh, Ramon yep. was like, Amano, Amano, so I told you that Amano. many times. Everybody tells you that, but, but it's, it's not. hard. Because that's your muscle memory. Don't worry, I'll be so taking some. I did the, uh, believe me, I've done the, the, I did the same thing the first time everybody that I know has done that same thing the first time that they go saltwater fishing because it's their muscle memory. Well, and I mean, I'm sure I'm going to be going on these trout rivers and just doing Amano, Amano, Amano. Yeah. And you're going to be like, what are you doing? And I'm going to. Well, we'll just yeah. go streamer fishing from now on. oh my gosh but i i remember before we went on this trip um and you know you have this kind of anxiety before doing something like this first off i've never gone saltwater fishing and i just grabbed a group of ladies together and it was incredible but i remember you told me i said i'm really nervous i'm really nervous justin and you said I can't wait for you to experience saltwater fishing because once you do it, you're hooked. No pun intended. And it really does get into your bloodstream. Like you just yeah. can't wait to get back on the water and make it. And and also it was great fishing with all ladies. Everyone, um, you know, I was with um, my really good friend, Ashley, Molly, and Katie. And, you know, there was... It's still a guys club down there. There was a lot of great guys that would come over and just say how great it was to see all this 
women supporting each other. And we were always going down with smiles. And to see all these women supporting each other, yeah. like they were they were on board with what yeah. you guys were doing. That's and, cool. And then there were some guys that I think we completely confused them because they're like, "Where's the husbands?" Yeah. And uh, someone did ask us, "Where's your?" We were walking the beach, and we're like, "What are you guys doing here? Where's your husbands?" And we're like, "No, we're here A fishing." Group of men. Yeah, just like walking the beach, like, well, "Oh, that's you're here." Creepy. Well, I mean, there's like other lodges there, you know. You know what they say in Belize when huh. you're walking the beach huh. with with your wife or your girlfriend or whatever. What they say when what? they yell at you, right? They say, no. "Watch where you walk." Huh. I don't even know what that means. It means that. They're going to go to the bar, and if you get too drunk at the bar, they'll oh. take your gal. No. Watch where you walk. Where we were, I mean, it was anyway, just the... That's in Belize. Okay. But no, and then I think we also really confused this guy's club, because I think there's been so many set ways of how people fish there. They get on the boat, they take it seriously, there's no music, there's no dancing, there's no laughing, it's quiet. And I think when you have so much quiet on the boat, it brings more intensity into the environment that you're in so we were like jamming onto some of our music we were dancing having fun we were having fun but when the moment came we took it very seriously like we had a lot of fun but we took saltwater fishing very seriously like we oh, were a yeah. job there and we met this wonderful and i hope he's maybe listening to the podcast because i told him to listen to it his name was gene and he said that we're just uh mixing it up in a good way that it's good not for it to be a all boys club. People there are really good. But yeah, there's sometimes you'd see some gentlemen walking up the docks and their shoulders were hunched over, you know, because oh, yeah. you carry that back. And oh, yeah. we try to yeah. be like, new day, new day. Like, thanks for the experience. Thanks for taking us on the water. Because I also caught an ombre jack um, and what I think the locals called a striper uh, fish that was good for bait baiting ahi so even catching the fish that i wasn't even targeting was really fun to catch you got an amberjack huh? amberjack that's cool those yeah. are awesome those are yeah take an amberjack any day those are really really great game fish yeah yeah but you know we've talked about expectations for this trip and i think the expectations i thought i was going to just be swimming with how did you fish. think that well, I don't know. It just seemed easy. Every time you looked up at the place where you're going, everyone's ca- holding rooster fish. Yeah, isn't that funny? That's, so I how just... the, that's how the whole fly fishing industry has been since magazines were around and books yeah. were around, right? Like now it's social media, but like all the when I when I was growing up, it was all saltwater magazines and or any you know fly fishing magazines. Yeah. And I'm like, all I need to do is go somewhere salt salty, and I'm gonna just Pound big bonefish, tarpon, permit, whatever. All I have to do is show up. That's the way that they make it look. But that is definitely not the case. Yeah, I I literally thought, I was like, who's going to be the first one to catch a rooster? I just thought we were all going to catch a rooster a day. I mean, I just, I had no clue. And I think that was really fun too. Because it was so challenging. Because it was so challenging. Right. You know me, I, I don't right. like it to be too easy. So that was probably really tough. Well, uh, we got to give a shout out too to the Ben Fly Shop. Yes. And the Missoulian Angler, um, who both gave us good advice. They both fished down in that specific spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both advised us on lines and flies for your trip. And then having the chance to go sit with Tom 
uh, lateral of bespoke bugs where absolutely. he tied those specific flies. So did you feel like you had a good fly selection? Oh, absolutely. Tom's was great. And I think you make a really good point is that I think before you go to any destination, find somebody from your friends or somebody that you can reach out via Instagram to just be like, what do you think I need for this trip? And bring your all your gear, bring everything that you think you need for that trip because don't expect someone else to have it. Never, never. I never expect a guide to have a flock anymore. I just always travel with what I think I'm gonna need. You need things to move really quickly. So just make sure you have your own gear just to give it to them because you know where your stuff is. And extras. And extras. In case one of your friends doesn't have something or you break yes. something or whatever. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, we had, what, four 10 weights and one 10 weight we didn't even use, but it was just put up there just in case something happened. We're saltwater fishing in the ocean. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, and air travel. I mean, like, you know, that's... Oh, gosh. I usually put two rods in a separate bag, split things up a little bit if I can. So, like, I have what I would need in two different places. Yeah. But I just world. feel extremely grateful that I almost was telling someone, I felt that... I was a seven-year-old girl who invited some friends to come to her birthday party. And you just wonder who's going to sign up and show up. And I had three friends that signed up and showed up. And it still chokes me up that people were like, let's go fishing with Lauren and not knowing anything that we were doing. So I, I know. <laughs> they followed you in the back. They followed me and, and <laughs> they looked at me and I had no clue what I was doing. And so I think it was a lot of patience. But... I always feel very grateful when someone says, yeah, I'll go fishing with you, Lauren. Those girls that, are troopers, though. Yeah, that made me really yeah, happy. They're all, and so. they're, all, they're all gamers. They all, well, <clears throat> your one friend fishes quite a bit, I think. But the other gals, they were practicing ahead of time, too. Everyone was. Everyone was. And we had one lady not catch a fish, um, um, Katie. Well, what kind of gear was she using? Um, I'm, I'm sure she was using 10 weight. <laughs> I know was this non-CD gear? It was non-CD gear. <laughs> the only person that didn't have a CD rod was the only person that didn't catch a fish, huh? Interesting. Oh. Anyway, we sorry. Go. <laughs> but what we were saying about, what I could say about Katie is that it was not because she wasn't technically unable to catch a fish. Oh, sure. No. She casted just, that. comes down to luck. That last day, that last day, her fly was always in the water. She casted her heart out into those waters. And I think that's kind of really beautiful. And we were all just like, but she got off the boat and she just loved the experience. I mean, that was the, we all left our little part of our hearts in, in that, with those roosters, even the ones who didn't, Katie didn't catch because she had uh, one fish that ate it, but just didn't connect. I mean, sometimes you just don't know how that rooster ate that fly. Is oh, it on totally. the side? Does it come? Yeah. No, luck is it? Luck, luck is a factor. You just have to remember you're fishing in the ocean. There's a yeah, lot of elements that can go wrong. Yep. There's a exactly. lot of things that can go wrong in the ocean, exactly. and that's really fun. So, yeah, planning a another ladies trip in the in the future and. I'll send my invites and see who says, yes, Lauren, I'd like to go fishing with you. Go to thefebruaryroom.com where you can access a complete library of our podcast and read more about our guests, their fishing stories, 
and favorite fly patterns. We're always looking for exceptional fly fishing yarns, and if you have one to spin, shoot us an email at info at the The February Room is always free, but if you feel like throwing a nickel in the pond, we appreciate any additional listener support. For companies and individuals interested in sponsorship opportunities, please contact us for our media kit. Thanks for stopping by the February Room, and we'll see you down here next week.